0: Now more of Afternoon Drive presented by Superbook Sports on Mile High Sports.
2: Welcome on back into the program, Afternoon Drive, Mile High Sports Radio. I'm Piro, Cody Rourke. You can follow me at Media by AP. He's at Cody Rourke NFL. we got Danny and Logan behind the glass. And let's go on out now to the hotline and bring in our special guest, making her Afternoon Drive debut right here on Mile High Sports Radio. She's probably been on with Goodman a time or two, but with us here, Mr. Rourke. That is uh, Colorado's co-Colorado Sportscaster of the Year, Romy Bean. You know her with her work over at CBS4, kind enough to give us a few minutes of her time. Romy, what's going on? And first and foremost, congratulations on the award.
1: Oh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, That means so much. And I'm excited to make my debut, you know? (laughs) I just have to win an award to get on, finally.
2: Now on the big stage and all that good stuff. No, but a serious question. Well, and obviously the congratulations. How did you find out about this? And obviously, you know, I feel like the media award's at least in my timeline, they just kind of come up every now and again. I always forget, you know, when they're announced and all that stuff, and it was a pleasant surprise to see your name drop there. What was kind of your initial reaction when you uh, received the information?
1: Honestly, I was completely shocked. Uh, a few, I don't know, last month I found out I was a finalist, and, and I kind of saw the list, and I just said, gosh, I'm just, I'm just so honored to be included in this group. And to be honest, I was like, okay. I mean, it's, it's Connor McGehee. Like, who, who are we kidding here? Um, so when I found out that I actually tied with Connor, I was, uh, I couldn't really believe it. I was overwhelmed. It was just such an unbelievable feeling. I truly never expected it like at all in any sense, in any way. So it was just a very cool moment. And one of those moments where you take a step back and you reflect kind of where you've been and, and, and how I got here. And I still, I still don't really believe it. It's, it's pretty wild, but it's, Really beautiful to share this with Connor, a person that I have so much respect and admiration for.
0: Now, well, Romy, you're very deserving of this, and and for anybody, like I would be shocked if there's anybody in this world, especially anybody listening to the show right now that doesn't know who Romy Bean is. You you see how funny she is on TV and the amazing stories and the depth that she can go into to tell stories. I think in particular, one of my favorite things Romy this season was uh, when you were in London and you and KJ Handler went on a shopping spree. Those were my favorite things that you've done, but also. Mm-hmm. Outside of just that, I also think that what you're doing and, and the magnitude of what you're doing is so inspiring for women in sports to get more recognition because there's so many hardworking women in this industry that don't get it. I'd say clearly enough recognition, and I'm glad to see that finally we get to see that with you, and I think I can set you know, a little bit of a light for other female sportscasters to be able to get this as well.
1: Well, thank you, first of all, Cody, for saying that that I mean so much but it's one of those things where it's, it's truly humbling because there's so many great women that have have come for, before me and to just be someone in the line that hopefully makes a difference and influences uh a, another female girl woman a- along the way to push and strive for their dreams and and try you know succeed in a male dominated sphere is it's just cool to be to be part of that to so that maybe someday some other girl has said, yeah, you influenced me. And, you know, that's kind of the most rewarding part of it all, really. And the truth is I have to thank each and every one of you guys, Cody, all of you guys, because when I come in whatever we're at, whether it's Broncos or whatever, it's yeah, I'm never treated any differently. You know, I look at myself as one of the guys, and you guys treat me that way. And so I'm very lucky to work in this market. I, obviously, I don't know what it's like in other markets, but this is just such a great market. I'm so lucky to have colleagues like you guys that... Look at me for the work I put out there, and not that, you know, I'm a female, but that I'm just one of the gang trying to do our best to report sport.
2: One of us, as we like to say here at Mile High Sports. But she is Romy Bean. You can follow her on Twitter at Romy underscore Bean. And it's also a good time to cover Colorado sports. I know the Rockies are kind of down and out right now. But the other teams, for the most part, they're pretty exciting, or at least exciting to talk about. We'll see what the Denver Broncos do this offseason. But let's start with the best team in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. Last night, they took down the Los Angeles Lakers in pretty convincing fashion. I'll ask you what we just talked about in the last segment. In your opinion, Romy, are the Nuggets the team to beat in the Western Conference?
1: You know I don't really think they are guys, going into this season, uh, to me, it felt like hmm, it's the nuggets or golden state right that's that's kind of how I felt going into this season because those of us all of us have been around and watched these Nuggets build year after year. It is a bit reminiscent of the avalanche where they've kind of had to go through these struggles and they've learned a little something about themselves and about going the distance, if you will, each year and then this year, finally, everybody's healthy, but you look at these acquisitions that didn't seem like a big splash at the beginning of the year, KCP and Bruce Brown, okay, you know, uh, have been such massive additions and finally have all the pieces around Jokic that you feel like this team the, only team, the only thing that can really get in their way is themselves, right, that commitment to defense. But, man, when they commit to defense, I mean, the offense is just it's so powerful. It's, it's unbelievable. The one thing with Golden State that does scare me, I will say, a little bit, is, like, are they just kind of, you know, floating around and they're going to they're waiting because they know they're going to take off when they need to take off but nonetheless even so i truly feel like the nuggets can go toe-to-toe with anybody they're so complete they're so much more complete than they've been and offensively it's not even just a two-man game anymore right of Jamal and Jokic or Jokic and A.G. It's anybody, KCP, you know. You bring in Bruce Brown, you bring in Bones as a, a sixth man of the year candidate, it feels like at this point. There's just so much depth and so much talent. It is so fun to see these guys rise to the occasion every, every year and kind of do things this year that they haven't done in years past, right? The Christmas game, certain games that you kind of, they used to play down to their opponents. We don't really do that anymore. So this team just seems to have, the, they have the pieces and they seem to have the right mentality, too.
0: And, and, you know, when they're on, they are on. I was going to tweet that last night. I was too tired. I was, I was like, all right, I going I don't need to tweet the obvious at this point, but kind of shifting gears here now, Romy, kind of talking about the Denver Broncos. Obviously, this season, uh, you and I, we, we've talked a lot in the press box about, like, what is going on with this team. The season did not match the expectations I think anybody had, but for you, right, let's find a silver lining. Like, what in your opinion, what was one of your favorite moments about covering the Broncos this season? It could be from the outcome of a game. It could be A one-on-one story you did with a player. Looking back on twenty twenty-two, what is something good that you can take away from this year?
1: Oh man, that's a a tough question, Coach. Uh, You know it was such a tough year, and I think we've all said it, but I think what made this year so tough is the expectations. I mean, the past four or five years, we didn't expect the Broncos to do anything. So then, for them to be even worse this year with all the expectations with Russell Wilson, with Nathaniel Hackett, all the stuff was just like, it was mind-blowing how bad it was, I think. But in the big picture, if I had to take a step back, I, I'd i say two things. Personally, I would say, and you kind of mentioned it, but going to London and meeting up with K.J. Hamler outside of practice, that was really, I think, I think a highlight for me, a chance to get to know these guys on a little bit of a, of a different different basis and in a different form and just have fun with them especially it being a tough season um so those are the things I'm appreciative for is just kind of getting to know the guys and you know their willingness there are certain guys that no matter what good bad or no matter what how it was going their willingness to always always talk to us I mean you know Pat Sertan Mike yeah. Purcelli mm-hmm. gotta give so many shout outs to those guys for always being willing when you know it's tough you know and they just have that mutual respect is something I always just really appreciate. So I feel like those are the big things. And honestly, if we're going to go big picture, I think the last two weeks, like it's kind of a catch 22 because what Jerry Rosberg did in the last two weeks made Nathaniel Hackett look so bad. I mean, the fact that this guy who's never coached been a head coach before could come in and in two weeks, almost, um, get rid of that entire narrative, right, of it takes years to build a winning culture, it takes years to change the culture. Jerry Rosberg did it in 13 days. Uh, but the big picture of that is it makes you hopeful that if they get the right guy, that this, this team is, in fact, not broken. Russell Wilson is, in fact, not broken. He didn't just forget how to play football. Uh, Jerry Rosberg laid out a bro- blueprint that this ownership can now carry forward in their head coaching search. And I think for all of us that should be something that's exciting about, that you feel like they don't need to burn it burn it all to the ground. So big picture-wise, I think silver lining really was the last two weeks.
2: We're chat with Romy Bean, sports anchor and reporter for CBS Colorado. And let's take a look here at some of the names that are currently in the Denver Broncos head coaching search. It seems like some people on Twitter are making a frenzy over the fact that Jim Harbaugh was interviewed, but it was done virtually. So that's sending people some weird mixed signals, right? Azero Evero uh, apparently up today as well. But it seems like the big three candidates are Harbaugh, Sean Payton and Dan Quinn from the Dallas Cowboys. I think all three of those, it's really hard to go wrong. Obviously, all three are sharp football minds. But let's talk less about the candidates and more about the needs for this team, right? Because we saw the Broncos go in a polar opposite direction with the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett from Vic Fangio, right? Fangio, old school, defensive-minded. Hackett, nude school, kind of up, upbeat in, in his approach with things on the coaching staff, offensive-minded. Of course, what type of coach do you think the Denver Broncos need to go get in this next head coaching cycle?
1: You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's been my one reservation is everything has been such a, a gross overreaction to what happened before that Daniel Hackett was a complete overreaction to Vic Fangio, right? You couldn't think of a more opposite person. So as they look for the next guy, you hope that they don't go complete opposite again, just, just to get away from that. I think that that's kind of, you know, the one big red flag that i Want to make sure that they don't do, but I think the biggest, the number one characteristic, is a veteran, experienced head coach, and that has to do not just with Nathaniel Hackett, but they are now 0 for three on first-time head coaches. I just don't think that that you can risk that anymore. That being said, uh Avero ha- uh, is does seem like he's going to be a hot name and qualified candidate, and you'd hate to see him walk. So I guess if you are going to go that route again. He seems like a guy that could potentially get that opportunity, but it really feels like it has to be a veteran, a no-nonsense, a steadfast leader, a guy who comes in with a plan, sticks to that plan, and to be honest is is a coach. He's not here to be your friend. The hard thing with Nathaniel Hackett was we all liked him as a person, right? He was a great guy. You know, the players loved him as a person. He, He was a great guy, but the problem was he wanted to be everybody's friend, and at the end of the day, these guys need to be coached. They want to be coached. They crave that kind of right coaching and steadfast leadership, so it has got to be a guy that can that can write the ship, that's here to support you and to give you tough love and all this stuff, but he's not here to be your friend, right? And I think when you name those top three, those are the perfect examples, where they are guys that can be hard on their players, but they're also can give their players a lot of love, right? Dan Quinn, he's known as a player's coach, but he's also a no-nonsense guy. So, plain and simple, it has to be a guy that comes in with a plan. He doesn't get, you know, too, too thrown off about, I don't know, wanting, wanting to please the guys. And I think the other big thing, guys, is not just a guy that can bring out the most in Russell Wilson, but a guy that puts him in his place. And I don't, I don't say that in a negative way. I know there was like so much just crap talked on Russ this whole year, but in the sense of, Let's compare it to, like, a Peyton Manning. A Peyton Manning was a guy who was like, give me the whole playbook, right? And he, and he knew the whole playbook, but he could handle that, like, cerebrally, and, and that's just who Peyton was. I think Russ is a guy who wants to be that guy. He wants the whole playbook. But we saw that happen with Nathaniel Hackett, and that's not the kind of coach he needs. He needs the guy that's going to give him a portion, you know, and these are the plays you're doing, and this is where we're going. And he needs it to be more uh, of a whittled down, if you will, you know, week-by-week week type of thing. It's not a Peyton Manning situation. Russ really does need a lot of direction, a lot of coaching, and that I think brings out the best of him. So I think that's important as well, but I think that goes back to a guy who's who's there to coach, who has a vision, who sticks with his vision. And, you know, bringing the best out of Russ is part of his vision, but not necessarily giving Russ an equal seat at the
0: table. Yeah, I think that's very valid, too. You know, for Russ, for him, he had said it as well. I think one thing you mentioned in the CBS broadcast after the game was. Uh, you know, He's like, we're going to turn this around, and when we do, it's going to be amazing, which I think everybody in Broncos country is hoping for. One thing I, I've noticed, just talking to players, especially being in the locker room yesterday and, and the final time as players were cleaning out their lockers, the one thing I've that I noticed and that I felt being there all season long alongside yourself was I, I don't think that the Broncos need a head coach to come in and change the locker room culture. I think the locker room culture is actually pretty good with guys like Justin Simmons there. With Russell Wilson, if they bring Latavius Murray back, that's obviously a great thing to have there. But there's a lot of good leadership in that locker room. And a lot of the guys said, you know, despite how the season went, I I, I can truly say that I love these guys and we stuck together. I think that the next head coach needs to come in and change the culture on field, right? The, the winning and being able to win games, get guys locked in. And it's so crazy to see a guy like Jerry Rosberg come in in just 13 days notice and seemingly change that a little bit and, and make two weeks look like, wait, well, you know, you, you always have the question what could have looked like if he was there maybe after the Jacksonville game, things like that. In your opinion, do you feel like the locker room culture is a, in a good spot for Denver the way I feel?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Cody. I think it is. And I think you could even look back at this whole season and it's a testament to what you said. I mean, there was not one point during the season, especially when it was so bad, not one defensive player ever ragged on the offense and they could have, right? They could have for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it, they never once did publicly, right? they they always stuck together, and their ability to stick together in what was just really i mean disappointing is a massive understatement when you're describing this season. And for them to stick together the way that they did throughout this shows that there is really strong leadership that's a solid group of young men that they really they have the right mentality. they just need the right guidance at this point. so So, I completely agree with you. I don't think you need to be going out. Finding different players, you've got the leadership in place, but it's simply that 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 on-field performance. And again, and going off what you said, the fact that what Jerry Rosberg did in in two weeks—I mean, you brought them toe to toe with the, the number one seed in in the AFC, and then you beat the fifth seed. Whatever are the Chargers the fifth? Yeah, seed? yeah. Fifth. Then you beat the fifth seed, right? In a game where they played their starters for most of the game, <laughs> and they so were able wild. to in Courtland. Courtland, I know, right? And Cortland said it um, in the locker room on Sunday about, like, this we were finally able to finish, right? So now they got a taste of that. Now they got a taste of, like, oh, what's it like not just to win that game, but to, in the final four minutes, do what you're supposed to do in a ball game to close out a game, to finish out a game. They got a taste of it. So now it's, you know, again, what it comes down to. This wasn't a talent question, this was a coaching question, yeah. plain and simple. And there's a piece of, I think, all of us that feel a little bad, again, Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a bad guy, you know. He was a great guy, and you wish him success, and you hope he lands on his feet somewhere. But plain and simple, this came this came down, you know, to coaching, and there just was not enough coaching, uh, leadership from the top, guiding this team. And at the end of the day, as strong-minded and great football players and as great of people as the guys are in the locker room, they need a coach. We all know this, right? Yeah. You know, you, you need a boss. You need a coach. And in sports, it just shows you how important coaching is. And uh, it feels like that's, that's also why they have to get this right. This is why Greg Penner and company can't get overexcited about any single guy. They need to interview everybody. they got to do their due diligence. Last year, they didn't, right? Nathaniel Hockey was the only guy who got a second interview. They have to do it right this time. They have to be thorough. They can't just fall in love with a guy and make a mistake because simply they can afford it money-wise. They can buy out whoever they want. They can't afford it in terms of this organization, in terms of these players, in terms of, you know, keeping a guy from Justin Simmons like cracking. I mean, nobody's been through worse than Justin Simmons <laughs> on this team, right? Cause <laughs> yeah. they got to get it right this time, plain and simple.
2: Romy Bean. Be sure to follow her on Twitter, at Romy underscore Bean. Does a great job over at CBS Colorado. Really appreciate a few minutes of your time. Congratulations once again on the award, and I promise you we will do it again soon. Thank you so much, Romy.
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys. Hope Hope to be back on soon.
0: Absolutely. You always have a spy here, Romy. We love you.
2: All right. Love you guys back. Appreciate it. All right great stuff, man. I love Romy. She's fantastic. Different perspective. Like, you know, that's the other thing that I enjoy is, you know, just talking to different people. Like Everybody has a different take. Like, you know what I'm saying about the Broncos, about the yeah. Nuggets, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. And I think it's, if you talk to the same people over and over again, you're going to find yourself in the same echo chambers. Like it's important to kind of broaden your horizons. Yeah. And you know, it's just, you know, great insight, obviously from one of the best here
0: in Colorado. She is fantastic at what she does. Like you ever see her work, like the oh, moment great. before she goes live on camera, she's you know she's there, and then bam, she she is she's mastered the art of just snapping right yep. into form, and it is fantastic. Uh, and she also understands, I think, the importance of building you know important relationships with players, you know, and like understanding that like, these these are you know football players who leave everything on the line, but they're also human beings. And she is one of the best, I think, at exemplifying that in her coverage, especially highlighting what these guys do as human beings. And I, I tell you what, one of the best in the business. I'm you know personally, I'm super glad she got her bag back from Southwest because that whole thing, like, <laughs> yeah, we reading, should have asked her about that. I honestly. was reading her timeline when that was happening. She was like posting video updates. That seemed and like a disaster. I, I was stressed for her. I would have lost my marbles on a customer service rep. Like at one point she yeah. even had, she had a customer service. Rep. She was in LA say, okay, here's a number to call. They gave her a fake number and she went back there. <laughs> I don't know how it went, but it's like, I would have been, I was stressed for, for Romy, but she got her bag back. Thank goodness. And hopefully Southwest can learn from them. Oh, Southwest! I, I hope they took care of like any any travel Romy wants to do for a year. They should just completely yeah, be like on hey, the house. It's on the house. I
2: like it. All right, let's hit a break. When we come back, we will put a bow on the show. Let's do a little sports potpourri and revisit the topics that we've talked about throughout the first hour and forty five or so. All that and more when we come back right here on the program. Afternoon drive. AP Rourke, Danny, and Logan back in a few.